The Nancy J. Brewer Animal Care Center is an extraordinary place to meet and adopt great pets. And that's still the case, even as our shelter staff has adapted to COVID-19 by requiring appointments for all visitors. In fact, the pandemic has likely brought many folks closer to their pets as they spend more time working from home and finding comfort with their furry family members in these uncertain times. Today, we're joined by Animal Control Supervisor Arlene Garcia as we check in on how things have been going at the Nancy J. Brewer Animal Care Center in recent months. We'll share some updates on exciting new additions at the shelter, like its surgical room and one-paw-at-a-time mobile unit. We'll talk about how the Friends of the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter and widespread community support help the shelter to offer extraordinary care to the animals in our community. And we'll touch on a variety of other topics, like why it's important to stay current with rabies vaccinations, what some of the most interesting animals our animal control officers encounter in their work are, summer pet safety tips, and how residents can support the shelter. Hi, Arlene. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. So in a typical year, I know uh, during the summer, the shelter is often kind of at its fullest. Um, But this year has been anything but typical, thanks to COVID-19. So I'm kind of curious, what are you seeing um, this year in terms of uh, adoptions and turn-ins? Interestingly, COVID has caused for a lower intake this summer than what we normally see. And we believe that it's because people are at home more. Mm -hmm. They're able to take care of their pets um, a a little, pay more attention to them. And um, they're not moving uh, as much because of the pandemic. Right. And so our intakes have gone down drastically this summer. Uh, We feel that adoptions have actually gone up this summer as well, Hmm. probably for the same reason. People are at home because of the pandemic. They might feel lonely. They might feel that it's the right time to try to get a pet. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for example, this past Saturday, we had 10 adoptions. Wow. And that's amazing. And we're very, very excited for that. Uh, You know, we have to take the the good with the bad. And while the pandemic has caused a lot of changes in people's lives, hopefully it's a positive for the animals right now because they're able to find homes. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I know I've seen like a lot of folks out walking their neighborhoods with their dogs and and spending more time at home. Uh, I have too many cats, so I have some office, <laughs> office pets when I work from home as well, which can be a little fun. But um, are you seeing that too? Are you are you hearing mo- more folks kind of out there with their dogs and interacting with people and that kind of stuff? Yes. Um, actually, we have been seeing more people walking their pets in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Like be- before I get to work and I'm driving to work, I see people out with their pets. But uh, we've also been getting more complaints mm-hmm. uh, because people just need to be aware that they should uh, pick up after their dogs. Right. So we've had a lot more calls this summer about, hey, um, this person walks their dog every morning by my yard and they don't pick up after themselves. So we just want to put out a little reminder that if you're walking your dog, take a little bag with you and make sure you clean up clean up after your dog because uh, you know it's a uh, it, it everybody needs to be able to to enjoy the the landscape and, and and we have to respect other people's areas and yards and such oh definitely and i guess uh, folks are probably socially distancing distancing a little bit naturally at this point anyway but it's probably always good to give dogs a little space when you're out walking about as well that's right i would recommend that if you're walking your dog and you see someone coming uh in front of you with their with another dog cross the street or or stand aside and let the other dog pass because you just want to avoid uh, a situation no matter how much you feel you know your dog you got to remember they're still animals and you know 
they react differently to different uh, other different dogs or animals. Uh, it's it's like people. We're, you're not going to like everybody, right? <laughs> so even though you think your dog gets along with, with every dog, if that dog that's coming towards you sends him a, a negative signal, you never know how they're going to react. So let's just avoid situations, avoid bites, avoid dog fights, uh, avoid little scuffles, and just uh, stand away from each other. Right. Social distance your dog. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, before we go too far, I wanted to remind folks how they can uh, view and adopt animals at the shelter right now. Oh, sure, Um, sure. Yeah, so talk us through how that process works. So our our lobbies, our doors are closed, but we're allowing people to come in by appointment only. So you're welcome to call us at 520-458-4151, and we'll schedule an appointment for you to come and visit. You can uh, come to view the animals. You can come in process and adoption of one that you already know you want to adopt. You can purchase your licensing, uh, drop off donations. Uh, All our services are still available. You just have to schedule an appointment, which in a way has been better because Mm -hmm. we, we are giving you all that time just for you. All that attention, that half hour that you have is going to be dedicated to you. You have all the, the staff's attention at that time. Yeah, I could see that being really nice for customers, actually. It, it is. It has been. We're able to, to sit and talk more about the animal that they're interested in. Um, we're able to just uh, just relax and not stress out so much about helping the next person. Um, sometimes our, our lobby gets pretty full when uh, when we're open to the public and people have had to, to wait in line um, while we help all these customers. And now you don't have to do that. You just come in at your, um, your time that you have your appointment and we'll take care of you at, uh, during that time. Just knock on the front door. We'll let you in. Awesome. And I know uh, folks can also uh, browse pets on petfinder.com. Uh, they ask, just search for the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter, um, and they'll be able to kind of see the, the local dogs and cats available at the shelter. That's right. And actually, we recommend uh, that you take a look at petfinder.com before you come to or before you call to schedule an appointment uh, to give yourself an idea of who you want to visit. We try to keep it as up to date as possible with uh, bios for each pet. And uh, let's say you look up uh, petfinder.com and you fall in love with Poppy, and Poppy happens <laughs> to be our longest resident right now uh you can give us a call and say hey i'd like to come in to meet poppy and um and we can already we can be ready for you we can tell you what kennel he's in we can tell you whatever information we have on him and we'll have you meet that particular dog that doesn't mean that you can't meet others if you didn't happen to like him and you can just let us know who you're interested in Absolutely. And and I know there are more than just dogs and cats, uh, because I, I heard that you have a, a newcomer that's a potbelly pig. Is that right? That's right. We have a piggy right now. I believe they named him Wilbur. He was actually found as a stray in town. And uh, for those of you that live in city limits of Sierra Vista, you're not supposed to own pigs in city limits. But we do have Wilbur available for adoption for anyone that lives outside of city limits and for anyone interested in not turning him into bacon. <laughs> of course yeah definitely yeah. don't do that no we would really like for him to go as a pet <laughs> um, not as food yeah and then uh so there are some other interesting pets that i i've seen uh you guys uh you know have to respond to on calls and stuff i wouldn't even think folks would have in this area um so what are some of the most unique pets um that you've you know had to go out and find for folks or kind of seen um mm. as officers re- respond in the community sugar gliders sugar gliders. Um, yeah, they, yeah they were the <laughs> sugar gliders are <laughs> 
uh, our pets here in town, and uh, Patagonian maras, mm -hmm. also known as I believe as capybaras, if I'm saying that correctly, or capybaras. Uh, we'll have to look that up. But mm -hmm. uh, those are quite interest interesting. We've had people call in saying there's kangaroos down in the alleyway. <laughs> That's what they but, look like. Yeah, yeah, they look like they look kind of like little wallabies or little kangaroos, but they're yep. actually called Patagonian maras. And I was hoping uh, for us to have those at our Celebrating Animals event, which uh, we ended up having to cancel. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, other interesting animals that we've encountered are um, hawks, owls. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen the, you know, uh, bobcats, even possum. Wow. Uh, we pick up skunks, which happen to be a very high priority for us to respond to skunk calls because of the, uh, the possibility of the skunks carrying rabies, right. as well as bats. Bats are also one of our uh, high priority calls because of the possibility of rabies. Uh, I Some years ago, I had to tranquilize a bear out of a tree once. Uh, you know, so we've, we've encountered quite interesting animals. And um, anything also from uh, uh, the beautiful Gila monsters, they're uh -huh. amazing. They're just wonderful animals to look at and look at from a distance. Yeah, I from hope. a distance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't want to get bitten by one of those. Um, but uh, snakes as well. We mm -hmm. used to pick up snakes, and now that's being taken care of by the fire department. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. um, so you had mentioned that you had to cancel your celebrating animals event. Obviously, we've had to cancel just tons of events this year. It seems to be the times. Um, but I do understand that you're hoping to move forward with some spay and neuter clinics in September. Um, so how will those work? So we are planning on having at least three spay and neuter clinics in September. Uh, the Friends of the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter have uh, gathered uh, funds and, and have been awarded grant funds for the purpose of spaying and neutering. So we contact ASA Vet Charities. They're a, a mobile vet clinic that come from Tucson and uh, they park at the shelter. Normally, we would have the owners drop off their pets at the shelter and we'll just do the spaying and neuter right there. Uh, they've done as many as 50 in a day at the shelter. This time, we're gonna do a little bit less. We're thinking about maybe 35 per day, which is why we wanna do three clinics. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking about doing it as a drive up drop off. Oh, okay. Just to maintain the social distancing, uh, just to keep things organized. I kind of have an idea of using our, our parking area, um, one gate to be the drop, uh, the sign, in, sign up, and the second gate to be the drop off. Mm -hmm. And so if that works out during our first clinic, that's what we'll do with the following two. Uh, once we're ready to, uh, to sign up folks for those clinics, you'll definitely hear it on social media and the radio. We usually announce it two weeks prior to the clinic. Yeah, so uh, folks should follow the Sierra Vista Police Fire and EMS Facebook page uh, for those announcements. Uh, we also typically feature in the email newsletter um, on Fridays, uh, but these do fill up pretty quick, um, so you do want to kind of jump on it when you see it announced. They do, and I plan on <coughs> filling uh, all three clinics at once, so it's not like we're going to wait two weeks for the first clinic, then mm -hmm. two weeks for the second clinic, no. Once we announce when all three clinics are going to be, we're going to do sign-ups, fill up the first clinic, and continue to do signups to, to fill up the next two clinics. Okay, cool. Um, and so do folks get a, a voucher basically uh, to cover the cost or how does that work? That's right. Um, so once we announce the, that uh, uh, spaces are open for these clinics, you call, of course, the 520-458-4151 phone number mm -hmm. and ask that you want to uh, sign up for this clinic. We'll schedule you an appointment to come in. You'll pay us $20 
and that $20 will give you a voucher that'll cover the spaying or neutering for your pet. That's all you'll have to pay. Um, Asavet Char Charities does offer other vaccinations, but that would come out of your pocket at the time that you um, come to uh, drop off your pet. They'll ask you if there are any other services you would like, but um, the Friends of the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter is covering the spaying and neutering um, for your pet, you're just paying the $20 voucher fee. And those monies uh, from the vouchers go right back into the spaying and neutering. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know the Friends of the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter has been so supportive over the years. And I know spay and neutering is a big focus for them right now. Um, but that's kind of because they've wrapped up a couple couple recent efforts. And the biggest one, I guess, being the um, One Paw at a Time mobile unit, yes. um, which you received last year, late last year. It seems like yesterday because like <laughs> I know, this year has I know. just gone by so strangely fast. <laughs> it has. Oh, gosh. Um, I believe it was in uh, 2000. And and I have 15 or so when we started talking right. about the, the the possibility of getting a mobile unit to help us not just uh, uh, with uh, vaccination clinics, but also to help with evacuations, emergency mm -hmm. situations, and um, adoptions. We you know be able to take this trailer out to the different uh, areas in town and 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 show uh, um, show off our critters. So. Uh, the Friends of the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter were really, really interested in helping us achieve this goal. And finally, at the end of 2019, mm -hmm. they gifted us this beautiful trailer with all these kennels and all these capabilities. And we've already used it for a few vaccination clinics. Unfortunately, with COVID, we haven't been able to use it for um, a, the normal adoption events that we do, but we're coming up with a plan we're coming up with a plan, so stay tuned. We're going to be using that that uh, that trailer here pretty soon um, for for adoption viewing and, and things like that. That's uh, awesome. So we'll just have uh, we're planning on on just allowing a person at a time walk through. Mm -hmm. If you see a critter you're interested in, you know, then we'll we'll get you uh, um, signed up to to put that critter on hold. Well, we're we're coming up with a plan to be able to use our trailer because now that we have it, it's. I mean, it, to, to not be able to use it, it's kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, a plan on using it for the Veterans Resource Fair. Oh, cool. The Veterans Resource Fair is normally in August. It had to be pushed out to October right mm -hmm. now uh, because of COVID and such. But we're planning on having the trailer there and offer some services to the veterans at the time. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I know in 2015, I think it was the Monument Fire that kind of put this idea in your head. Because yes. yeah, I remember being a reporter at the time and I remember remember one of high school I think down by the band room area just being full of animals um, because there was nowhere else to bring them I mean as all these people were forced to evacuate um, obviously their pets had to be evacuated too I mean everything from horses to guinea pigs I'm sure um, so talk about yeah. a little bit of that experience and and how the trailer would also be used in that kind of situation that was one of the busiest times for me I I've been uh, working for the Nancy J. Brew Animal Care Center since 2008, and I still believe that the time of the Monument Fire was the, my busiest time yeah. ever. I think I worked 12 days straight, and I was on call, and I remember um, helping county animal control evacuate animals. Mm -hmm. And um, our trucks, I don't know if you've seen them. Um, they're very nice, but we they don't have as much room as we would have liked to have had um, during that monument fire situation. There's only a limited amount of animals we can fit in there. So driving back and forth from the mountains to the shelter, it was quite difficult 
you know, to, to evacuate animals on time. And uh, the worst experience for me uh, was when a, a gentleman called and said, we had to evacuate, but our animals are still at the home. Can you please go to my property and, and pick up the animals? Mm -hmm. And I drove up there. Um, I remember the firefighters being out there, county sheriffs being out there, and I could not find a property. Um. And it turned out that the property had burned down and I was not allowed to tell that owner that his property wasn't there. So when I called him uh, to let him know that I couldn't find his animals, he asked me, did you check the closet? The cat likes to hide in the closet. Oh, well, oh my gosh. I, I mean, it was, it, it was so difficult, so difficult. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if we would have had something like this trailer that we have now with all the space and the kennels, if we would have been able to get there on time or if there, if we would have been able to find and save more animals, you know, it's all that what if, what mm -hmm. if. So when I, uh, visited the Humane Society Expo and I saw one of these trailers, that's when I thought, what if we would have had one of these? Mm -hmm. And that's when I brought the idea to, to the city and the Friends of the Sierra Animal Shelter. I hope that we never have to use it for mm -hmm. that purpose. Of course, yeah. But if it ever happens again, um, it's great to know that it's available. It's not just for um, the city residents of Sierra Vista. It's for, for Cochise County. Mm -hmm. You know, if anywhere that, that, that an emergency happens and there's animals involved and help, if they need help, we're going to be there. We're going to be available to provide that help. Yeah, it's so awesome to have that capability. Mm -hmm. um, and I really hope it does make a difference if it's ever needed. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, we can use it for showing off pets and we can use it for providing veterinary services when we're out and about doing our one paw at a time vaccination clinics. Definitely. Um, and so that that's not all of the new news at the shelter. Um, you also have a new surgical room, and I think you've been getting equipment for it. Um, I'm not sure how far along you are with that, but I know the Friends of the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter uh, have been key in, again, kind of raising money to uh, fund that equipment, right? Absolutely. You you cannot believe how amazing the Friends of the Sierra Vista Animal Shelter are um, that the the group of people they they care so much not just for the animals at our shelter but all the anim animals in Cochise County and gosh when they when they have a goal set they really go at it and they reach that goal every single time it's been amazing everything that we've been able to achieve thanks to that organization so um, a few years ago we received a uh, donation uh, from a, a lady that passed away her name was Georgetta Huna Sperry. Uh, I did a little bit of digging on who this person was uh, because I, I didn't recognize the name. And many years ago, before the shelter was even at its current location, uh, she adopted two kitty cats. Oh, wow. Uh, and um, after that, I believe she had moved to Colorado and she was a, a manicurist for businessmen. I thought that was quite interesting. <laughs> and I wonder if that's how she learned how to uh, uh, invest her funds because of the, the donation we received was uh, well over two hundred and eighty thousand dollars that we were able to put in towards the expansion of the shelter to achieve this surgical room and the idea is that uh, once the surgical room is completed and we have all the equipment we can uh, invite our contracted vets at least once or twice a week to perform spay and neuters on the shelter pets at the shelter this will um uh 
this will help them have uh, the animals have less stress in transporting, uh, less stress for uh, the animal control officers to to pick up the animals, move, take them to the vet, pick them up. You know, so it's going to help with the transport. It's going to help with with uh, um, being able to get the um, animals home quicker. Because mm-hmm. right now, if you adopt a pet, you can't take it home the same day because we have to schedule them to go to the vet to get fixed. Mm-hmm. Now the idea is once they the we get the surgical room open and um, and the vets in in place, we will be able to have those critters already sterilized. So when they're available for adoption, they can go home the same day. So that's going to help us with space as well. Mm -hmm. So instead of having to wait for that appointment, that room will be available for another pet. How cool. And that, I guess that's something we should have mentioned is when you adopt a pet from the from the shelter, mm-hmm. uh, it actually comes with a lot of stuff for the price, right? So yeah, can you kind of describe right. how much it costs and then how much you get in return for that? Sure, sure. So for dogs, it's $75. For cats, it's $50. It includes the spaying or neutering, microchip, microchip registration, rabies vaccination. If it's a dog, it includes the city dog license. While they are at the shelter, we want them to, to remain as as healthy as possible. So we give them a Bordetella vaccine, which is uh, more commonly known as the kennel cough vaccine, uh, a Parvo uh, vaccine combination with uh, distemper. We also give them a leptospirosis vaccine. And for the cats, they get a four-in-one kitty combo. So when you adopt, you're getting all of that for the $75 or $50. And sometimes we run specials. Sometimes we do two for ones if mm-hmm. you're adopting siblings and we're still including all those uh, services and you get to take these pets home. That's really awesome. I like to think of it as a donation. You're just giving us a, a donation in exchange for providing a, a forever home. Absolutely. Um, and in talking about these vaccinations and stuff, it's really important that folks stay current with their rabies vaccines. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason we license dogs is it kind of helps track that and ensure folks stay current with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know summer, the numbers go up a little bit every year, typically in the season uh, for rabies. Uh, can you talk a little bit about why it's important for everyone, even folks with indoor pets, um, to keep up with those rabies vaccinations. Absolutely. For one, it's a state requirement for, uh, for pets, uh, as, as far as dogs and cats go, um, to be current on their rabies vaccine. Now, if you live in a municipality, uh, like in Sierra Vista, we require for you to show proof that your dog is vaccinated for rabies. And that's why you have to purchase the city dog license just for us to be able to keep track um, uh, of your rabies vaccine, um, with your, with your dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important. Uh, Sierra Vista and Arizona, there are so many wild, there's so much wildlife, mm-hmm. you know, it's all rural. Yep. Uh, and you've got, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the skunks that can carry rabies, the bats that can carry rabies, but also the cotamundis, the javelinas can even carry rabies. And, um, if your pet's outside and happens to, catch a bat that was flying around, you want to make sure that your pet is current on the rabies vaccine because if it isn't, uh, you have to quarantine your pet until we can get a test result on that bat's, uh, uh, if that bat had had rabies or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, 
if your pet encountered wildlife that got away and you have no proof that your pet is current on a rabies vaccine, the quarantine can be as high as 180 days Wow! at owner's expense. Wow. Um, and in some locations, that's not possible. So they would rather have the pet euthanized. But if your pet gets euthanized due to um, possible exposure of rabies, unfortunately, we have to send a test sample of your pet to the state to be tested for rabies. And it isn't just a little bit of blood draw. Mm. Unfortunately, it's the brain stem that they test. Oh, wow. So all they would need is the head of your pet. So it sounds gruesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I know people are probably cringing and don't want to hear this, but it is the truth. Mm. You know, there have been people in Cochise County that have lost their pets due to the pet not being current on a rabies vaccine and having some type of uh, uh, encounter with wildlife uh, and to have to take your pet and send a sample of their head to the state is, is something that you don't want to have to do. So it's just, it's better for peace of mind. It's better for your pet's health. It's better for your family's health, everybody's safety to just get it vaccinated. It really doesn't cost that much. And the great thing is that, so the first time the rabies, the first time you give your pet a rabies vaccine, it'll expire in just one year. Mm -hmm. But if you keep up with that and you give it the next rabies vaccine, uh, you don't have to follow up with it for three years until the until the third year, then you'll need to um, get another rabies vaccine. So, you know, uh, there are a lot of low-cost vaccination clinics in this town. You can always give us a call. We have information on where they all are. Um, sometimes we do our low-cost vaccination clinics. So it just, it, I know some people out there don't believe in vaccinations, but trust me, it is so much better to just do it. Just, just, just do the rabies vaccine, uh, and and avoid having to have some heartache on losing your pet for, you know, for that reason. A no lot kidding. of people say, "Oh, well, um, my cat is indoors and uh, it never goes outside." Mm -hmm. Well, we true story. Uh, we had a gal that lived in an apartment complex give us a call, and um, because when she got home. There was a dead bat in the living room and her two cats were playing with it. Uh. And of course she said, well, I never vaccinated my cats because they were always indoors. Well, the bat got through, it seems like through the vents. Uh -huh. So it's always possible that you, a bat can squeeze in somehow, whether through the vents or you open the door one time or you, you never know what can happen. These two kitties had to be quarantined. Luckily we had the sample of the bat that we were able to send for testing mm -hmm. and they were only quarantined until that sample uh, came back and tested negative luckily. But uh, she, the, the gal learned her lesson. She got them vaccinated right away. Uh, but that's not always the case. We were just lucky to have that sample. Yeah, it's definitely better to play it safe and, and not be in that kind of situation. That's right. Um, so uh, during the summer months, there's also some other typical kind of pet safety tips that folks should be aware of. Um, just like you don't leave your kid in a hot car, um, <laughs> you don't want to leave your pet in a hot car. Um, so, so why is that so important? Oh, gosh. Well, it, it's actually um, a fact that a, a dog will overheat faster than, than a human in, in a car. Mm -hmm. uh, and while you think that having the windows roll down is going to help, dogs don't, don't, um, they don't 
sweat like humans do. Mm -hmm. um, their way of releasing the heat from their body is to pant, but of course they're panting in hot air. Uh, the other way of relieving um, the heat is they, they sweat a little bit through their paws, but they're still in this heat. Um, Arizona is way too hot to, to have your pet in the vehicle. And, and you know what? The people that I've encountered um, with their pet in the car is because they don't want to leave them alone. It's their companion. Uh, they have all these excuses for, for leaving the dog in the vehicle. It isn't uh, done maliciously. Right. right. Uh, but you definitely want to do the best for your pet. And in Arizona, the best thing is to not have your pet sitting in the vehicle waiting for you while you're out shopping. Um, it, uh, it is against the law. Uh, you can look up Arizona Revised Statute 1329.10, and it'll tell you that it is unlawful to leave a pet in an unattended vehicle uh, where death or injury may occur. And so if we get a complaint that uh, there's a dog in a vehicle in a parking lot, we will always respond. The police will always respond. If we think the, the pet looks like it's starting to um, go into distress, we're going to break the window. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if, so if someone does come across that situation, the first thing they should do is call 911 or call the shelter directly. Absolutely. Please call 911. A police officer, an animal control officer, whoever's closest will will um, will arrive to the scene. And, uh, and from there, we will... Um, uh, assess the situation if the dog uh, or a cat because it can be a cat too sometimes mm -hmm. if the animal is not in distress at the time we will wait for a little while to see if we can get the the owner to show up sometimes we'll even go into the store and call over the intercom um, you know the license plate and hopefully an owner will come out but a lot of times uh, unfortunately the the pet starts to pant very heavily mm -hmm. and it's best for us to just remove the pet from from the vehicle Absolutely. Um, and then another thing that, that people don't think about quite so much, um, hopefully the dog owners do, but uh, when you're out walking your dog, uh, particularly in the summer, um, it gets very, very hot in Arizona, and we have the benefit of shoes, so we might not really think about it, mm -hmm. but um, their paws uh, get kind of scorched by the heat, right? Yes, or, yeah. they do. They do. It's recommended that before you take your dog out for a walk for you to put the back of your hand mm -hmm on the surface of the ground and if it's too hot for you it's too hot for their pads mm -hmm. uh now i have seen uh on snyder road people walking that's a great path right there and you see people walking down that road with their dog and i see some of them with little booties uh -huh. or something yeah. like that <laughs> I, i've seen a black dog with pink booties walking down <laughs> snyder road a few times which i think is adorable and if your pet is is uh, awesome enough to allow you to do that then great but otherwise if it's really too hot if it's hot for your hand. It's hot for them. It's best to just stay at home, maybe play with them for a little while in your backyard or, mm -hmm. um, you know, do something else with your pet or just plan on going out with them later in the evening, earlier mm -hmm. in the morning when it's not so hot. Definitely. It's probably better for everyone anyway, because yeah. it's, it's really hot in the summer in it Arizona is, it and is. it's easy to get a little overexerted and dehydrated. So that's right. Um, you know, since we're talking about bringing your pets out, uh, dog parks and such, it, you your pet needs to be licensed. Your dog needs to be licensed before going into any of our um, our, our parks. Mm -hmm. uh, please be aware of, of of your pet, what they're doing. Um, we get a lot of complaints about dogs fighting at the dog park. You know, it's really 
your responsibility to make sure what your pet is doing. I, I, I believe people go into the dog park, release their, you know, take the dog off leash and then just start chatting with their friends and such. And they're not really pay attention to what's happening mm-hmm. and dogs get into a fight and then we have to get involved. So just to be aware of what your pet is doing, um, be aware, be aware of body language or, you know, is there, is the, the hair on the back on the dog's back starting to stand up is their tail getting stiff mm-hmm. or you know are they getting stiff do you see an intense look then you know there's something about to happen that that dog didn't necessarily like the other dog's uh, personality so just uh, be cautious when you're going into these dog parks and and understand that you know you're kind of entering at your own risk mm-hmm. um it's not always the other dog's fault or you know uh, just uh it's a it's a it's everybody's responsibility absolutely mm-hmm. um so yeah, the shelter gets a lot of support from the community aside from even just the friends group. Um, there's a lot of volunteers who spend a lot of time with the cats and walking the dogs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so what are some ways that, um, the average community member can help the shelter? Uh, before COVID, uh, we were, of course, accepting applications for volunteers. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're not accepting uh, any applications because we're controlling the amount of volunteers that come through. Right. So right now, we have a, a, a set amount of volunteers. We have them scheduled, and we have it all controlled for them to go you know, go in and out. Um, they do dog walking, cat cuddling. They help us clean. They help us at the front desk and, and various tasks like that. Uh, but since you're unable to apply to become a volunteer at this moment, you are welcome to pick up one of our wish lists and bring us donations. We're always in need of uh, cat litter, non-clumping cat litter, dog food, cat food, uh, blankets and towels and cleaning supplies like bleach, uh, any treats, old leashes, and anything that you donate to us that we're not going to use, we're going to donate it back to the community to people that do need it. That's another thing that we offer. We do offer the service of if you you're uh, going through hard times right now and you're in need of some dog food, uh, you're in need of some cat food, cat litter, give us a call. We can help you. Uh, There's no worries. Uh, Don't be embarrassed by it. We'll give you whatever we have, as long as you don't mind that some of the bags might be already opened. Um, But we do have enough food to be able to provide to the community that's in need. Awesome. And mm-hmm. and there's, I think, Excellent. one more way folks can help, right? Can they uh, drop off um, aluminum, aluminum cans. cans? There we go. Yes. <laughs> we recycle aluminum cans, and it's a fabulous program. It helps the shelter out in so many ways. Um, so bring us your aluminum cans. If you can crush them, if you can remove the tabs and put the tabs in a separate bag, even better. We take the tabs as well. It's Apparently, it's a different type of aluminum, so we get different rates uh, with tabs on, tabs off, et cetera. We, once we uh, load our horse trailer and our flatbed, we deliver them to Tucson, and uh, we receive a check a week or so later that goes into uh, our account for, for the animals or anything that the shelter needs. So those aluminum cans really help us out a lot lot and right now there isn't a place in the city as far as i understand that uh that is recycling cans so please think of us absolutely um 
And so I think a lot of people in the community probably know you as the person who who got them an animal, and I'm no <laughs> exception. Uh, so I fostered three kittens with my wife maybe four years ago, something like that. Yeah, it's been and, a while. Yeah, now there are three adult cats. We only planned on keeping one, but of course we kept all three. Um, so we're now the, the five cat family on the block, which I never really imagined, <laughs> but they are the sweetest things. Um, but yeah, talk a little bit about, uh, what pets you have at home. Well, um, I recently got married, so now we have combined our pets. Mm -hmm. I currently have three dogs, three cats, and three birds. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> awesome. That's quite a family. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, uh, the dogs are all rescues from our shelter. Uh, as a matter of fact, Sydney, my little Papillon mix, she was found um, near 90 and Mosin Road in a box with her five puppies. Mm -hmm. She was fostered by our animal control officer, Tammy, uh, fostered her and her puppies. Tammy ended up keeping two of her puppies, and I just kept Sydney because she's just the funniest looking dog ever. She has a huge overbite. I named her Sydney after Sid the Sloth from uh, Ice Age with uh, that giant overbite. Absolutely. Uh, she's a fun little dog. I love her to death. And then uh, I have Ruby. Ruby, we're not entirely sure what kind of mix she is because according to her DNA test, and I'm not sure if I should believe it, says that she is Australian Shepherd, Brittany Spaniel, and Pitbull. Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't look like much of that but she's an amazing smart dog and now our newest member of our family is a border collie and this border collie is quite special to us um he was uh it's a kind of uh, emotional to talk about him because he was uh, uh literally being um starved to death by his previous owner oh and his previous owner did admit that he was just not feeding the dog and not caring for the dog because it reminded him so much of his ex-wife. His ex-wife, uh, I guess, uh, they recently got divorced and he was still grieving over this uh, this breakup. And uh, the dog had to suffer through it. He was found uh, in a in a wire kennel in his own living in his own feces and urine, and um, and uh, he was only 21 pounds. And if anybody knows anything about border collies, should be around 40 pounds. Yeah. And so, but he's happy, healthy playful he's an amazing dog and my my mother babysits my dogs and uh to her he does no wrong that's her baby <laughs> that's her baby boy she plays soccer with him in the hallway oh, um cute. my birds all came from the shelter as well they're three cockatiels uh, one i've had for almost as long as i've been at the shelter maybe about 10 years and then the other two i acquired maybe two or three years ago and uh, and then of course the cats. The cats all um, were from my uh, my husband, and he adopted all three of them from the shelter. Nice. One of them, uh, her name is Leah. She, if you know what a polydactyl is, it's a cat with extra toes. Uh -huh. She has total, uh, I think, twenty-one toes. Oh my god. She gosh. has seven on one of her front paws she has six on another paw and um they're supposed to have five uh, or four in the back and i think she has five on each and i don't know she just has all these toes everywhere <laughs> they're almost opposable interesting <laughs> yeah so they're all fun i love them all i i treat them i adore them and nobody can break us apart <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean in these kind of weird and uncertain times um, i think a lot of people have probably found some comfort in their pets and pets are probably really happy that folks are spending a little more time at home too um but what what have pets met, met what have pets and animals meant to you in your life i mean obviously you you went to work in that field um but i mean how how important has that been in your life gosh uh 
I'm originally from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a lot of stray dogs in, in Puerto Rico everywhere. And my mom, I, I'm going to blame this on mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom loved to feed stray dogs. Oh. Yeah. And uh, she was once asked what she would do if uh, she won the lottery. This was when we were living in Puerto Rico. And she mentioned that she would buy uh, she a Kentucky Fried Chicken. That way she could feed the dogs off of this road that she traveled every morning um, to go to work because there was always a pack of stray dogs out there. And uh, so she's always been sweet like that with the, with the stray animals and we always had some on our street and we would end up feeding them and finding them a home with a neighbor or on a ranch you know on a, in a farm and so all these stray dogs that we found homes for um, her favorite one was sergeant she wanted to keep and my dad didn't allow that so she found sergeant a really good home with our landlord <laughs> and so I just kind of I remember all these things and uh, when I lived in Puerto Rico I was actually studying um, I was studying physics I did three years of physics in the University of Puerto Rico at Mayaguez. Um, wow. I never finished because I moved here. My sister was stationed here and in Fort Huachuca. I came to visit, fell in love with the area. I said, forget Puerto Rico, and I'm in Arizona now. <laughs> cool. And so I decided to stay here. And I've always loved animals. I brought my dog from Puerto Rico to here. And uh, I had never seen the show Animal Cops. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in my little studio apartment here and I was just click, you know, changing the channels and it stopped on animal cops and I watched the show and I remember feeling angry. I remember crying. I remember laughing. I remember having all these emotions watching this show and thinking to myself, you know what? That's what I want to do. Wow. Uh, one of my hobbies is to play pool and I was playing pool one night at Paul at, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Nick's place before it burned down in the mm -hmm. monument fire. And there I've met such wonderful people like Leanne that works at the police department and Molly that retired from the police department and they're all pool players. And I remember mentioning to Leanne, you know, someday I'd like to maybe be animal control. And she said, well, there's a customer service, um, position open for animal control right now. And I thought, wow, that's actually a good way to get my foot in the door mm -hmm. and then the rest is history i uh, i absolutely love animals uh, i've been around them all my life uh grew up growing up on my grandparents farm with and my mom feeding strays and us <laughs> picking up you know my mom's first dog was a little pomeranian he was evil he hated me <laughs> he bit me all the time and i still oh. loved him <laughs> That's awesome. so um i it's uh it, it means a lot to me to be able to make a difference mm -hmm. and to be able to make a difference for these animals. Um, it's definitely being in this job is definitely not about fame or about money or, you know, it's not a, a business that you're going to get rich on anything right. like that. It's about having that passion of doing the right thing for the animals. Mm -hmm. And that's what I get out of it is that I get that satisfaction that I'm able to make a difference. And even in euthanizing, when I first uh, started working at the shelter, um, I, I was never against euthanizing, but I didn't, I, I was just trying to avoid it or, or, you know, I just didn't want to do it. But then I, there was a turning point. Um, there was this dog that I absolutely loved at the shelter. She got adopted, got into some trouble and was returned. And, um, the, the supervisor at the time decided that she needed to be euthanized. And I cared for that dog so much that I said, you know what? I don't want anybody to, to do it. I'm going to do it for her. I want to be the one to to be there during her last breath. Mm -hmm. I want I want her to 
I want to be there because she needs to have somebody that cares do it, Mm -hmm. not somebody that didn't care. And from that moment on, I don't mind doing any euthanasia. I, I, not that I like doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a difference, but I don't mind doing it because it's better for someone that cares to do it Mm -hmm. than someone that doesn't care. I, uh, I have a, a kennel tech at the shelter. She's absolutely amazing. Her name is Coralie. She feels the same way. Usually her and I do the euthanasias together and we'll pet their ears. We'll look at their paws. Mm-hmm. We kind of, we talk to them and we, you know, we try to give them as much tenderness as possible ter- during that moment. So, um, while euthanasia can be really hard if you're doing it for the right reasons and if you're doing it with tender, loving, loving care, um, you're doing the right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I know you really are passionate about not euthanizing for, for space. Um, That's right. And I think since 2015, we haven't had to do that. Is that right? That's right. We have been so fortunate. Um, in the past, we've had to euthanize for lack of space. And that should never be a reason to end an animal's life. Right. Uh, if an animal is sick is one thing. If an animal is overly aggressive and it's a, a danger to society, that's different. Very elderly, that's all different. There's That's the right thing to do. But to have to euthanize because you don't have a place to put them, that's, that's in my opinion, absolutely wrong. Uh, and luckily, since 2015, we haven't had to do that, and we're very, very proud of it. Last year, we came very, very close. We were all very scared. We were all very stressed but with help from the community Mm -hmm. um, we had people come and foster for us we'd have people from other agencies take animals from us we had people from the humane society in tucson take animals Um, we even used a board a local boarding facility to help us place uh, some animals there temporarily until we can get the space i mean we we came up with so many ideas to try to prevent that from happening (laughs) that luckily we didn't have to euthanize for lack of space. Right. Yeah. Um, it, 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 right now we are, we were, we were, we were thinking that because the summer was coming, coming that we were going to be very full with animals and um, with COVID that we weren't going to get very many adoptions. So we uh, put out to the public that if you're interested in, interested in just fostering one of our pets while, mm-hmm. um, while the pandemic is going on, that you're more than welcome to, and you still, it, we're still open to that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Even though we're okay on space right now, we're still uh, of offering foster opportunities. Right, absolutely, and yeah, I've I've looked at the job job you do, and some aspects of it are so hard. Um, some of the stuff you've already talked about, and it's just you deal with animals in really sad situations sometimes. That's never easy to do, but um, I personally appreciate the great care you bring to it and the passion you have for it. Um, and I think everyone in the city um, just feels a little better knowing that their animal care center cares that much and and really does kind of go above and beyond for the the pets and animals in this community we do we do and and just uh when we're able to like right now if we hear that other rescues in our area other shelters in our area are in desperate need of help we do try to help. Mm-hmm. And that includes being able to provide um, f- f- uh, flu- food when we have an overflow of food. Uh, we provide um, uh, help in other ways. If we need to borrow, let them borrow a kennel 
or if they have a dog or a cat that's um, that's healthy that we can put up for adoption and they've had for a long time and they're almost about to euthanize it, we'll give it a chance at our shelter. As long as we have the space and the resources for it and thanks to the community, we do have that, then we're gonna help as much as we can, not just the animals from, uh, from our shelter, but hopefully uh, in the future, we'll be able to help all the animals in Cochise County. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time to talk to us today. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's been great to have you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. And remember, you can now find Let's Talk Sierra Vista on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Spotify. Please email us your comments, questions, or topic ideas to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. We'd love for you to join the conversation. Take care, everybody.